Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Yes, amen. This morning I'm going to talk to you about a word that's changed my life and continues to change my life. Uh, this morning you're going to leave here strengthened. You're going to leave here changed. Um, you're going to leave here um, different this morning. As I've talked to people this week, I've met many people who don't really understand the word that I'm talking about, what it means. And if they did understand it, it would certainly change their lives as well. Um, the word that I'm going to talk about today, the enemy doesn't want you to understand what it fully means. He wants you to think of it as a sorrowful word, a word that always um, just brings you back to a point of deep regret. But that's not what it was truly intended to be. You see, the word I want to talk to you about this morning is repentance. Okay, but first I'm going to give you a little story. It's a, it's a true story. Um, I knew a young man who said he couldn't live the Christian life anymore. He believed the gospel. His life had been wonderfully changed. He loved what Jesus had done to him and he believed what Jesus had done for him. But this young man had a history, a history of drugs and alcohol, of partying, and he found living the Christian life a real struggle. On the surface, he was all smiles and jokes. He was open about, with others about his struggles and struggling with his life too. But most Sundays, he felt a failure. As he came to the meetings, he felt that he'd failed in some way during the week. Each Sunday he'd come in and he'd sit on the back row and he'd say in his heart over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll try harder. He hoped that God would give him the willpower to overcome, but God just didn't seem to be doing it. And every week he seemed to fail. When he became a Christian, he was told that he needed to repent. He was told that that meant being really sorry about his past and then choosing to live every day for Jesus. But that's as far as repentance went. He had to use his willpower to choose to adopt this new life, but it was just too much. And so eventually, he gave up. It's a sad story, isn't it? I promise you it has a happy ending. But lots of people have left the church have left because they've struggled to live a Christian life just by, because they've been using willpower alone. But repentance is nothing to do with willpower. You see, willpower admits that there's an internal struggle that's taking place. You know, like when we go and take, uh, go on a diet, for example, yeah, and we choose to lose a set amount of weight and we look in the mirror and we're going to say, you know, I'm going to lose this weight. And so we start re eating ridiculous foods that we've never eaten before and we cut out the things that we, we like the most and this internal struggle takes place every time we walk past the cake shop or the bakery. You know, you're like, oh, I should, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And you either make it and you achieve your goal, yeah, through perspiration and willpower and everything else, but as soon as you've done it, you go out and you buy the cakes anyway and you eat the pastries and you put the weight all back on or you just give up and you end up just going and... Uh, you fail, right? Anybody done that before in their diet? You try and try and try. That's willpower. That's saying you're going to fight in yourself to overcome something yourself, but you may fail. It's admitting that if you start, you may eventually fail. Repentance isn't being sorry for something and then using willpower, especially being a Christian. Repentance literally means changing 
the way you think. For the Christian, it means thinking correctly from God's perspective. The Bible says this in Romans 12, verse 2. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It doesn't say let God transform you by giving you the willpower to succeed. It says let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The young man that I spoke about at the beginning was me. I didn't understand repentance. But when I became a Christian, I had to repent. Not saying sorry, 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 over and over and over again. But I had to think differently. When I become a Christian, I'd received a new spirit in me. All right? And that spirit is God. All right? I had to change the way that I thought. I had to change the way I thought and live from the truth that now lived in me. All right? I had to live from the truth. I had to change the way I thought and not live by willpower anymore. We have to think differently about our lives. We have to look at this book, all right? Believe what it says and then think differently. Yeah? Do you know something? That's so much more easier than struggling under willpower, just believing what the Lord says. I'm not talking about having a positive mental attitude. All right? Um, The spirit in me, the teacher in me, the guide in me, the counselor in me, the comforter in me, the Holy Spirit in me confirms the promises that are in this book are actual and real and live in fact in my life, and they are yours too. Amen? You need to repent. You need to think differently. You need to think correctly. Do you know something? The day I thought correctly from God's perspective. I never had a battle with drugs. I never had a battle with drink. I never had a battle with all those old thoughts. I was totally set free. And I've never ever had a battle since. Because I believed who's in me. And I thought correctly. And I live according to the rule and the life that he's told me about in this book. I left the sorrow and the guilt behind. If you're here this morning feeling guilty about anything that you've done in the last 24 hours, last 48 hours or during the week, you can leave it in the building today and walk out of here totally free, never having to go back to it again. No matter what you're facing today, you can be totally set free. Amen. Galatians 5 verse 2 says that, verse 1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Huh? The moment you were saved, God gave you complete salvation. He has freed you from all bondages. He has set you free from all histories. He has released you from all the old lifestyles so that you can live a totally new creation life. Amen. It doesn't matter what your life is like now. It doesn't matter what your life was like before. He has set you free right now because he's true to his word. Yeah? So think differently. Think correctly. Live in freedom. Oh, that's so, 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 so good. Just to live in freedom. It really is. But once you step into believing in for salvation, okay, you think differently 
about other areas of your life. Repentance just isn't that moment of, Lord, forgive me for my sin and set me free into a new future. Repentance is an ongoing thing as you begin to change your mind, renew your mind, and think differently about the other areas of your life. There's a story in the Bible about a, a young man, a prodigal son, who gets his inheritance and goes running off and has a wild life, totally enjoys himself until he runs out of cash, and ends up living an awful life in a pigsty. Remember that story? Familiar with that story? He wakes up one morning and he thinks differently. He says, you know something? If I just went home to my dad, I could be a slave in his house, but it'd be better than where I am right now. Yeah? In a way, he repented. He thought differently and he set off on his journey home. You know, there are many, many Christians who live with that mentality. They've been dead to the world and they think it's better to become a slave to the church. They think at least I'll get into, get into heaven, but it's going to be hard work. Yeah, And so they choose religion and religious Christianity over what the father truly wants for them. All right, Because when the boy gets close to home, he, see, he doesn't quite see, but his father who's been on the horizon looking, waiting, wanting his son to come back, sees him and he rushes to him and he helps his son think differently again. Okay? He lavishes all the inheritance back on him. He puts the coat on him. He puts the ring on him. He welcomes him back into the house. He restores him fully back into the household. And the prodigal had to change his thinking again because his father had lavished his fullness on it. He went in his mind from being a failure to being a slave to being a son. And God wants us all to be sons. When you become a Christian, you've got to think differently about yourself yeah you've got to think differently about how you thought before you're to live in the reality of a new identity as a son of God and we find the identity in here all right I'm going to be it's all in here everything you need is in here this is it this is it it's all in here and it's confirmed when you read it by your spirit that he has put in you at your salvation because God lives in you amen Let me give you some examples. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 13, it says that you are the head and not the tail of your situation. That means whatever you're facing, God has purposed you to be the winner. He's purposed you to be the overcomer. He's purposed you to be the victor. It's not going to be your self-effort or your willpower or even the results that you see with the natural eye that matters. It's the state of mind and how that lines up with your identity as the son, as a son of God, an identity of Christ in me makes me a success. You are not, you are the head and not the tail. Romans 8, 31 to 37 says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died. More than that, he was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, 
in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us thirst. Repent. Think differently. You're a winner. You're a success. You're an overcomer. You have got it all in. The devil isn't your problem. All right. His house is collapsed. All right. You're living in a kingdom that is going on and on and on. But he wants you to try and think differently. When you walk into the room or walk around the world, you're offensive to darkness and evil. All right. Do you know why? Because the light of the world lives in you. And so the enemy has to leave when you come in. But he wants you to think differently. He wants you to think that you can't overcome. He wants you to think that you're the weak one, that you have to struggle in life, that you need to fight, that you haven't won, that you don't have the power. That's a lie. All right? It's not the truth. Look at what God says about you. Ephesians three sixteen says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Repent from your old way of thinking. You're created to be filled with the fullness of God. That's amazing. All right. Let's just see if we can. I'll just try a little way to sh- just try. And, let's see if we can get to kind of using words. Let's see if we can see how big God is a little bit. All right. If we were able to travel from here into space at 650 million miles per hour, that's fast, all right? It would take us 90 billion trillion years just to get to the edge of the universe that we can see, all right? And yet we know that the universe is so much bigger than that, all right? The universe is big, amen? That's a long, long time traveling at a very, very fast pace, yeah? So the universe is big. But the word of God tells us that the universe is held and stretched out by the hands of God. All right? The universe is big, but God is bigger than all of that. Beyond all comprehension, there isn't a calculation that you can do that can ever figure him out. All right? And he wants to fill you with his fullness. Now, that's amazing. Change the way you think. When you became a Christian, you're not little old me anymore. All right? You and I are sons and daughters destined to change the entire cosmos. (gasps) Not just the world. We're going to rule the entire cosmos. I believe there's a tiny little star that we've not yet seen at the furthest reaches of the universe. And one day I'm going to see it and God's going to say, that's yours. You can rule that. I believe that. Yeah, because that's what he has destined us to be. Rulers over all creation. That's exciting, isn't it? When you think like that, how big is that problem that's in front of you now? Yeah? The devil's a liar, all right? 
He wants you to keep your thoughts on the insignificant things. But repent, think correctly, and start to change the world. Amen? You can do this, all right? How many of you have, been, have asked God to fill you? See it, throw your hands. How many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, for those of you that got your hands up in the air, the truth is, you simply cannot contain him, right? Yeah? He just came in, and he started filling, and filling, and filling, and filling, but now he's just bursting out, and over, and everything else, and he's affecting every single part of your life, and he's affecting the environment in which you live. The fullness of God has fully absorbed you, your whole being, into him, yeah? Yeah? That's amazing. That's why darkness is offended by your presence. Because where you go, you carry God. That's right. You carry light. And so you repulse darkness. It has to flee. Listen, the only way that you don't see things happening is because you're hiding a light. You're hiding a light that's in you and that is hidden because you're not thinking correctly. All right. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When you walk into a dark room and you switch on the light, who wins? Light. Yeah? Darkness always flees. All right? It's the truth. All right? In the natural, I mean, you want to know where the darkness is right now? We switch the lights on in here, it had to flee. It's just under there, you see? It's hiding. It's hidden. It's had to flee. It's been repulsed by the light that's shining, okay? With the natural, also in the spiritual, okay? Darkness is afraid of the light. Light always defeats darkness. But the enemy doesn't want you to think like that. He doesn't want you to think that you've got this light. Or he wants you to think that this light is somehow muddled up with darkness, yeah? But look what the word says. Yeah, look at the truth. When God separated light from darkness in the beginning, he showed us that there's no muddling in our distinctiveness. There's no light and darkness in the day at the same time, is there? God separated light from the dark. And when he did, the light grew bright, bright, bright. And the dark became dark, dark, dark. And so it is with your salvation. God saved you and he separated you from the dark. The light has come. There's no darkness in the saints of God. There's no dullness in you. All right? You are the light of the world. Amen? If you've got any doubt about that, repent. Think differently. Trust God's word. And as Andrew said, shine. Yeah? Praise the Lord. You've heard of the anointing, right? Yeah? There's a, there's a lie that's been sown around it that... Um, That God has limited the anointing to certain people. That's not the truth. The Holy Spirit, right? The fullness of God isn't any different in me as he is in you. God didn't forgive the elders a little bit more than the congregation. The fullness of God, the whole anointing of God is for you and for me. You haven't got an old anointing. You didn't just get a baby anointing. And it'll get mature and it'll fill up. You have God dwelling in your life, in your very being, through the Holy Spirit. Okay? 
And that anointing must flow. It fills us, it overflows from us, and it's the fullness of God that saturates every other area of our, God, of our lives. Repentance is an absolute necessity for you and for me. We need to change the way we think about our life. You need to change the way you think about your Christianity. The Bible says this in Mark 16, verse 16 to 20. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new languages. They'll pick up snakes. If they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Then after speaking to them, the Lord Jesus was taken into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working through them and confirming the word by the accompany signs, miracles, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow those who preach this gospel. But it also follows and lives in the lives of all believers. Amen. If you're not seeing signs and wonders, change your thinking. Expect them. Because that's what happens to a believer of God. If you're a believer, signs and wonders follow. Yeah. That's what the word says. I believe the word first. Yeah. A sign is a sign. It points to him. What does it look like? I don't know. It's not one thing, but I do know that it's going to point to God. What's a wonder? I don't know. But when they happen, it makes me wonder about God. Yeah? I've heard of gold dust, glory clouds, diamonds, feathers, gold fillings in teeth. They're all signs and wonders that have been manifest into the church. But what about when the presence of God falls in our meetings and a hushed silence comes across the gathering? What about in your daily prayer life? Or when you're walking around, you feel God's closeness to you. Are they not signs and wonders? Or do we just dismiss them as, hey, those are just things that happen? Yeah. When you start accepting the things that God is doing in our gatherings as signs of his presence and wonders of his glory, then you'll see other manifestations in your everyday life too. The sparrows and the little birds, the stars and the seasons, they're all signs for God. Yeah? If you open your eyes to see them, you'll see so, so much more as well. But if you only want gold dust, you'll be missing out on the signs that God is already showing you. Okay? Signs point to God. Wonders do too. And so do miracles. When you lay hands on the sick or pray for deliverance, God, in his fullness, lives and works through you. You bring heaven down to earth, and so the result should be expected. Amen? We're not to pr- when we pray, we, we pray from a position of God with us. Not to a God who's sitting up there on a, on a cloud. We pray from a position of God sitting with us right here. Our Father is here right now. God is where you are. He lives And he moves through you, okay? Just as you live and move through him. He's right here, right now. Change the way you think. Christ is here. Sicknesses have to go, all right? They have to go in the presence of God. The the word tells us that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We don't need to muster up any willpower, 
right? We don't have to wait for a special moment. We don't have to learn any special words or experience any tingly manifestation in our fingers. We're just to lay hands on the sick and God does the rest, all right? He wants to be glorified in and through us. And, his, and in his word, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. There's some uh, slides up there for some, on some scriptures. Do I have? Uh, it didn't work? Oh, man, you missed out so much. No, you haven't. Here you go. This book's full of healing, health. Yeah? This book tells you everything, everything that you need to do. There'll be some scriptures that may come up on the screen in a little while, but we don't need them. You've got this. All right? The front of my Bible says this. I wrote this bit in. This wasn't, but it's true. Well, it's true for me. All right? It says this. But just above the, the where it says contents, it's, it says this. Just do it. Even if you don't feel like it, your hands are for healing. Your hands are an extension of his. They are his hands, so use them. Yeah? Even if the person we pray for goes into glory to live a life greater than the one that they've had, it still doesn't change the truth that when believers lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Change the way you think. Believe God's word first. See from Christ's perspective and action what God has told us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are there any believers of Jesus Christ in the room? Are there any people in the room who are sick or in pain or in some way ill? Gentleman over here, lady here, gentleman here, gentleman here, gentleman here. There's a lot of people in the room. Keep your hands raised up because we're going to do what God has told us to do. It's not a special moment. It's not magical words or anything. Believers, stand up, lay hands on these people. And pray that in Jesus' name, they will recover. Because that's the promise of the Lord. Amen. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In the name of Jesus, as every person lays hands on those in this room. Father, we lay hold of your promises. That by your stripes we are healed. That the blood of Jesus is sufficient for all of us. Heavenly Father, we lay our hands upon those now that are ill in the body and mind. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name that healing rush through their body. That they be fully restored in every way, Father. And Lord, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you, Lord, that this is taking place. We have honored your word and we believe the healing and recovery to come. And we give you all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There you go. There's some scriptures there for you to, if you want to jot them down, there's some promises on healing and health for you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Here's another one for you. Is anybody writing those scriptures? Scriptures down, just give me a little wave. Okay, we won't move on to the next slide just yet. But the presence of God casts out all fear. You don't need to be afraid anymore. Yeah? You don't need to be afraid of 
anything anymore, especially things like evangelism, yeah? The presence of God casts out all fear. Death isn't to be feared, nor are the problems of the world, because the presence of God casts out all fear. And where's God? Take your hand, take pointy finger, stick it up in the air. One, two, three, we're going to point at where God, where is God? In me. God is where you are, okay? His presence is absolutely everywhere, okay? He's here right now, so fear has to leave. Fears of talking to your neighbors about Jesus have to leave. Fears of what people might think when you offer to pray for them have to leave. Because where you are, he is, and his presence casts out all fear. Yeah? Amen? Simples. So if the lie of the enemy comes to your mind, you know, about fear, you know, pick up the truth. What does the truth say? It says this in 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. And in 1 John 4, verse 4, it says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is perfect love. And where's God? Here. He's in me. He's where you are. How about this one? The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep you. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep you. Does anybody need peace today? Shalom. Peace. Feels nice, doesn't it? Peace of God passes all understanding shall keep you. Believe God's word first, okay? And live from his perspective first, okay? It's a nice peace in the room now. Okay. With everything that we have, with all of these truths that apply to our lives, we have to do something with them. When you think differently, you move differently. You move in a different direction. You express yourself in a different way. You live differently. And you start living in the freedom that God really gives you today. Life becomes a great adventure. Repentance isn't just a moment occurrence when you became a follower of Jesus. Neither is it a negative, sorrowful experience. It's liberating and it will change you. You know, I'm just going to, we're going to close the meeting. Um, I don't know. Today's your day to leave here thinking differently. All right. I trust and I pray that you'll turn first to this. Trust and pray that you'll start seeking the truths of who you really are that are found in this book and start thinking differently. Allow the Holy Spirit in you to, to change you. Dare to be a disciple. There we go. I didn't even know that slide was there. Dare to be a disciple. Dare to be changed by Christ. Dare to be changed in your thought life and in your action life to become more like Christ. You've already demonstrated in this room that you're not afraid to lay hands on the sick. Yeah? Don't be afraid to go out there into the world and tell others about Jesus. 
Don't be afraid of seeing signs and wonders and miracles. Let them happen around you. Don't be afraid to point to the sparrow and go, that's just reminded me of the Lord. Yeah? And tell somebody about it. When you look at the stars, don't be afraid to say to your friend, look at those stars, isn't God awesome? Yeah? And then when the glory cloud sweeps through your house, don't be afraid to make a cup of tea for your neighbor and go, ooh, did you see that bit of Jesus right there? (laughs) It's not spooky, okay? All right? This is the life we live. Christ in you is the hope of all glory, okay? And where you go, you are to manifest Christ into every situation. All the promises that are in this book are for you, and they're for you to put in action. So start thinking differently. Think correctly and rule and reign as sons and daughters of the Most High. Um, If... There is anybody in the room that has never accepted Jesus as Lord of your life. If there is anybody here who is living in fear of the lies of an enemy in your life. If there is anybody here who is uncertain of their destiny. I'll appeal to you to think correctly. Jesus Christ is Lord. That means God has placed him as the ruler over absolutely everything. And that includes you and it includes me, whether you choose to know him or not. Yeah, he is the Lord. He is the ruler over everything. But God wants to make you a son too. He wants to give you all of these promises. He wants you to live for all eternity. He wants you to rule and reign with him in heavenly places. And so he says, think differently. If you will think differently and accept Jesus as the ruler over everything, including you, if you'll recognize him in your life as the ruler over you, then God will recognize you as a son and he'll forgive you of all the wrongs that you've done. He'll take away all the doubt. He'll take away all the fear. He'll take away all the insecurities. And he'll add you to his family, which is the church, the sons and daughters of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord, Are you going to think differently today? And if you are, I'm not going to embarrass you in front of everybody here and bring you to the front. I want you to just raise your hand, give me a quick wave, drop your hand back down and say, today I'm going to choose to think differently. And then your friends around you will pray with you. Is there anybody here? Eternal life is being offered to you. That's a truth. That's a reality. Eternal life is being offered to you. That's very different from eternal death. Choose life. Is there anybody here? No? Maybe you've been away from the Lord, or like I was, just living a life that you were struggling with, living by willpower alone. But today you've heard that you need to think differently. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm asking you to believe in your heart the truth of the confession that you made on that first day. That truth that you will honor and serve the Lord all the days of your life. And then look back at this book. And no matter what it is that you're facing, believe first and foremost that I am a son of God. Believe the truth that's in the word and then just start applying it to your life. But if you'd like to come and talk to me, I'll pray with you. 
and I'll see you set free from any addictions and anything like that because I'll help you to think differently and by the laying on of my hands, you'll be set free. Amen. Amen, church. Think differently. We have faced many, many things in recent days that could cause us to become focused on the insignificant. Cause us to have tunnel vision on the problems or the issues that come our way. But God wants you to think differently. All nations, church, open your eyes and see the world that's out there. Look at the opportunities that God is placing around you. God has never, ever left you. He has never, ever let you down. And he will always, always, always keep you, no matter what the natural eye shows you. Amen? So have faith. Be strong. Be transformed continually by the renewing of your mind. And allow Jesus to be seen in every everyday life, wherever you are. Amen? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person that is in this gathering right now. Lord, whatever they're facing, whatever mountain has been put in the way, let it be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as they look up at the stars, let them wonder how wonderful and awesome you truly are. Lord, let them begin to see in everyday life manifestations of your life and your being in and through them. Lord, change their environment. Let them know you closely. Yeah. Father, I pray for those signs and those wonders, Lord. Let them become tangible expressions of you into our world and our community. Lord, as people look at us, let them see your son, your daughter. Let them know that we are the ones to talk to about your kingdom and your life. Father, bring us the lost. Bring us the weak. Bring us those who are struggling. In Jesus' mighty name, set free everyone here. For freedom is what we've been birthed into. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening.